Fear not, dear listener. The path to enlightenment is before you. Leave the darkness behind. Open your eyes, grab your spears, and brush your teeth. For you will be led to the battlefield, armed with sharp minds and fresh breath. Stand by. Welcome to the show dedicated to truth and liberty in the greater Cincinnati area. One small part of a larger movement for freedom pressured into silence by a culture that seeks nothing less than total obedience. Your hosts, Scott and Max, are here to help you to find the courage and resources to become uncancelable. This is Cancelled Out. All right, sup dudes, welcome back to Cancelled Out. Uh, I am Max. Of course, uh, Scott is still doing production in the background, so I have another guest host with me, Juliet Tissett. Thank you for coming on, Juliet. Thanks for having me. Um, Before we get into everything, uh, the first thing is, as usual, make sure that you are sharing Cancelled Out with your friends, because if you enjoy this show, why would you keep it to yourself? That doesn't make any sense. So go on uh, canceledout.com. That's Cancelled Out with one L. Follow us on Locals platform there and uh, become a subscriber. Hey, five bucks a month. It's not that much, really. I mean, you get this exclusive content. Uh, of course, uh, our, our, our commentary here is always free, but we have some really good stuff, including our History in Reverse segment we've been doing. Uh, we just did October 2020, covering uh, the lead-up into November, um, into the election, of course. So you'll want to check that out. Next week, we're going to do September of 2020 and so on and so forth. So make sure you're checking that out. Follow us on Locals. Follow us on Facebook. I make great memes. The best memes, frankly. Uh, The best memes. Check those out. Um, So, yeah, again, follow us. Facebook, canceledout.com. And uh, we're going to get right into this. But, again, uh, let me reintroduce Juliet Tissett. Juliet uh, is actually, um, uh, we got to know each other, uh, it's been a few months. uh, Yeah. Probably maybe back in, like, February or March when I started kind of getting involved in the SRC stuff. Right. Um, And uh, and she's awesome. If you you check out any of the stuff that she posts on Facebook, I love it. It cracks me up. Uh, But you're also, uh, you got a book coming out. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. So, in... April of 2017, I found out my husband was cheating on me, which doesn't sound like that unique of a story. I think that happens to a lot of people. But during the course of the divorce, I started to do some digging and found out he had roughly 18 affairs over 10 years, one with a hooker and possibly fathered a child from another woman. So it was really a tale of two lives. And I decided to um, write a book about it. I had spiral-bound notebooks all over my house where I would take notes every time I talked to some of these women. And when my girlfriends came over and saw the spiral-bound notebooks and how many notes I had just scribbled everywhere, they suggested I write a book, and eventually I did it. Yeah. And, and uh, you sent me over a sample, and I've been reading, reading it, and I'm, I think I'm about maybe a quarter of the way through it. And okay. it is, it, it, yeah, it grabs you for sure. You have not gotten to the good parts. No, I don't I, think I have. When I break down the women. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that. That's, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry that of yeah. course. I no, it's, I that, laugh but, about it now. Yeah, it's I mean, nice but uh, it's, it's a hell of a story. Um, and uh, def, uh, so you've got a title for it yet? I do. It's called Rent Morals okay. because we had rent-to-own stores. It was actually his family business. And originally, the stores are called Rent-to-Own, rent and so originally the book was going to be called Rent-a-Ho because most of the people he cheated on me with were employees. Mm-hmm. 
but I decided to change it because I thought that might turn some readers off before they even buy it. So it's no, now not called, me. That would have grabbed me. I know. And, and I <laughs> talked to some people um, who have radio shows on WLW who will eventually interview me for it, and they said yeah. it'd be hard to bring me on with a title like that. So I thought. I'll tone it down. Not on I'll this do, show. I'll do rent morals <laughs> and the point I'll get across. But under that, the subtitle will be, how many women are your husband? is your husband sleeping mm-hmm. with? So I think that will grab some yeah. people too. Um, yeah, and I remember you telling me a little bit of uh, kind of the surface level stuff and, and how you were like, this could be a Netflix series, really. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is... Yeah. Well, because I decided instead of just listening to rumors, I called every woman. Mm-hmm. I called most of their husbands. And I even called one woman's father. Mm. I even called the hooker. Just uh, you know, I didn't want to leave anybody out. I did get to that part where so, you where you uh, had a conversation with the hooker, and yeah. her response was charming. Yeah, uh, for sure. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest of it. Okay. Uh, about when is that coming out? Well, so all the editing is now officially done, mm-hmm. and now we've moved on to um, page design, which shouldn't take that long. It's just roughly, you know, like how big do you want the font, what size do you want the margins, and I want all the quotes of his to, like, the hooker and some of these women to be indented, easy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe another week or two on that, and then we do cover design, which I already have. It's going to be red with large block white letters, so it's going to be easy. So I think once we start with um, page design and cover design, it's going to go pretty quickly. So I'm hoping in the next maybe two months... Okay. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'll uh, definitely keep you guys updated when I get a final date from uh, Juliet. She'll let me know, and then I will let you guys know so you can uh, know, where, of course, where to buy it too. You have an idea yeah. of where you're going to be. Well, it'll be on Amazon. Amazon. And, okay. Um, you know, Barnes and Noble, that kind yeah. of thing. But mostly so on Amazon. What we'll definitely do is share the link to the uh, to the Amazon once that's uh, posted, cool. so you guys Thanks. can check that out. We'll post that on Facebook and locals and and all that. But like I said, I started reading a little bit of it, and I got I think a fraction of the way through, but it was fascinating so far and it's a hell of a story like it's crazy what people get away with holy crap um but again thank you so much for coming on really uh really looking forward to this so we'll jump right into it starting with of course the stuff that's been going on nationally or internationally really in afghanistan uh we talked a little bit about this last week and it's just insane how this has all played out i seem to recall over the past four years uh of trump's presidency that we just didn't have this kind of thing happen i think and I talked about this a little bit on the last episode. I think the most extreme international incident that happened under Trump's presidency was the conflict with Iran that happened at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Right? That was with General, what's his name, Soleimani that was, uh, that was killed by our troops. And what happened, oh, yeah. so remember, they kind of had this little tit for tat going. And everybody's like, oh, here it is. World War III is coming. Right, right, Trump's right, taking right. us into war. Trump's taking us into war. Yeah. And the, they, they, they had this tit for tat. Trump uh, and the U.S. military ended up uh, having Soleimani killed. And then the response by Iran was effectively to bomb an empty airfield. Yeah. And it was just flexing their muscles was really all that Well, I happened. think they wanted to, tr- you know, Trump's a big talker. Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to actually try and call his bluff. Like, what will he do? Will he, you know, if we do this, what's his reaction going to be? Mm-hmm. And I think over time they realized he would do exactly what he had to do. To protect the country he loved, you know, and I don't think they feel that way right now. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100%, and we'll see that here in, yeah. in, in Biden's response, particularly as it relates to China. But to me, I don't think Iran wanted to go to war based off of the way they were behaving. Otherwise, they wouldn't have bombed an airfield, an empty airfield. I th- and I think they even gave them a heads up. And they, I think, if I, if I oh, don't remember right? for sure, I think they gave them a heads up and said, we're going to bomb this airfield at this time, so get all the personnel out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just so that they can flex their muscles without looking weak, right? Because that's really what it comes down to. To their own people. Right. Okay. Or to the rest of the world who, I mean, because, I mean, 
the rest of the world probably doesn't look that closely at those kind of details, yeah. right? So they just wanted to to flex their muscles, really. And uh, and and if you recall, Trump came out and said, "All right, we're we're done. I think we've made our point, and nobody was no lives were lost on that bomb bombing raid or whatever. So we're done." And then that was it, and we haven't heard anything about it at least throughout the rest of his presidency. We didn't see much of anything else happen there. Yeah. So that was like the biggest international incident that America was involved in that happened under Trump's presidency. But other than that? No. Nothing. nothing. I mean, even when he stepped over into China for the first time ever, you know, everyone said that that was going to start something too. Oh yeah, and it for didn't. sure. It didn't. And I I think people were waiting for it to and almost wanting it to. I mean, the other side, of course. You know, the, Well, of course they did because they wanted politics to Politics have become so contentious that you almost each side almost wishes for something bad to happen on the other side's watch mm-hmm. just so they can write it down, you know, notch on their bedpost like right. you failed at this and and it didn't happen in all his negotiations. I mean, I, it, as much as the media wants to say Trump was not respected internationally, I think he was probably more respected than anyone I can remember. Yeah. What? Uh, it, well, because that doesn't mean loved. Respected right, doesn't exactly. mean loved. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I was just yeah. going to say, what do you mean by respected? Right. Like, I mean, you know, you can. Re- I mean, I remember respecting people uh, when I was in the military who I did not like. Yeah. I thought they were assholes. Right. I thought the way they treated people was awful. But I wasn't going to go and. And, and 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 say something you know wrong you know what I mean yeah. I was gonna watch what I said around those people because I respected them yeah it's not and and you know respect is is demanded it's not earned yeah that's that's one of the things I remember them teaching me when I was in the military is respects not earned it's demanded yeah and Trump demanded respect he didn't earn the respect he demanded it and he got it right right Biden is totally right. different right so we're seeing here in Kabul, um, if I don't know if anybody has seen any of these where the where the the planes take off and you had all these Afghans um. who were cli- trying to climb on board and they were even climbing on the wings as if I don't know how, what they expected that how that right it just kind of demonstrates how um, desperate some of these people were to yeah. get on those planes. When I first heard about the video, um, people kept saying, "Oh, it kind of reminds me of 9/11 where you saw the people falling from the building." That's what I thought of. Yeah. And so I thought at first, okay, I'm not watching the video. Mm-hmm. Like the, I just I can't stand having those things etched in your brain. Yeah. Right. It was like you can't you can't stop seeing it. And then it kept being forwarded to me, or I'd see it covered up on Facebook and on Instagram. Like this video has you know harsh images or yeah. something and finally I said okay I'm gonna watch it I gotta watch it because it's news and it's reality and, and why am I gonna bubble you know put myself in a bubble I gotta see what's going on and I watched it and I remember just being sick to my stomach mm-hmm. watching the bodies fall from the outside um, how desperate do you have to be yeah I seem to recall having the same feeling on uh, you remember Daniel Pearl I think it was his name he was the journalist who was beheaded Oh, yeah, yeah, and they recorded that. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, they had a video, but I couldn't watch the video, but I kind of felt like I, I needed to. Did you? Oof, I did. Geez, I, I, I didn't do it. that. I didn't go that far. Um, and uh, I, But I felt like I needed to see something just yeah. because you need to see how vicious humanity can be. Right. right? So I just saw the the stills. I just watched, I just looked okay. at the stills and I got the gist of it from that, yeah. right? Um, I didn't need the sound effects. I didn't need, I was like, I'm kind of, I'm still glad I didn't. Because um, that's that's brutal, but yeah. That's, yeah, it's the same thing here. Well, the Daniel Pearl one, I, I remember the reason I ended up watching it was because I, I truly wondered, and I guess this is my faith in humanity that, you're, that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I truly wondered if the camera stayed on them the whole time or did it pull away right at the last second and then they said they beheaded him, but really if we have no proof, maybe they didn't. I mean, no. I think that's kind of what I was hoping, but then when you saw the knife, the machete, mm-hmm. whatever it is they use come down and the head literally roll away, yep. it erased all doubt that it yep. was fake. Yeah, so and, and it, it demonstrates was, how, was, how brutal humanity my, can be. But to, to go back to this plane thing is you have to think, okay, they're not stupid. I mean, Afghans, they, they are, you know, maybe not as 
advanced as we are technologically, but they're not stupid. They could not have in a million years thought they would have survived that flight. Mm -hmm. So did they think someone would have somehow opened the door and pulled them in, you know, like in an Indiana Jones movie? Or did they say falling from this plane to our death would be better than dying? That's a good question. I don't know. Of I the mean, people taking over. Like, I, what I, could they possibly have been thinking? I, it I mean, be- in a desperate situation like that, where you know it's kind of the out of the frying pan into the fire type mm-hmm. of arrangement. I mean, when the Taliban's right. at your heels. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about the beheadings. I mean, the, the Taliban is 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 capable of some very vicious stuff. Yeah. And if you are caught in that, I mean, it might be better. Think of think of the things that they are willing to do to you and then to your family, you know what I mean, right. as an Afghani. Well, right? women With are you throwing the their babies room. over the wall of the British embassy, I think it was. was it British oh, embassy? were they? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they were saying, take my baby. But they were throwing them over because they couldn't, yeah. like, climb up and gently drop them down. Yeah. They were literally throwing their children over the wall of, I believe, I'm not sure. I think it was the British embassy. And yeah. they were saying, take my kids. And then they were running off. Yeah. Because what would be worse, right? right? So I don't know. I mean, I, depend, depending on knowing what I know the Taliban is capable of, yeah. I might think it's well worth just fall, plunging to my death from a, from a, from a plane. Right. It's heartbreaking to see. It really is. But, yeah. And this is the, and, and everybody's trying to figure out who to blame here, right? Because uh, the, everybody, the, the, those on the left are saying, well, he's just following through with Trump's uh, uh, plan to remove the troops from Afghanistan. I'm like, Trump's plan could not have been to leave right. military millions of dollars in military equipment behind, you know, for 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 Afghani's. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, so you and you brought this up uh, just before we started uh, started recording here about what the uh, correct order of operations here are. So yeah. I'll de- definitely talk about that. Well, uh, so we knew the date. You know, I mean, obviously, when si- when Trump signed the order, Biden knew the date that the Trump that the troops were to be pulled out. But before that date arrived, he should have sh- shredded all the sensitive documents, evacuated all the civilians and allies, pulled out the military, and then, you know, and then the date comes to where the fighting ceases. Yeah. And he didn't do any of that before, knowing that the date was coming up. And I just don't know how. That date shows up on your doorstep as a surprise, and you've got all those American citizens there that we're now charging like two thousand dollars to rescue, to bring home. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and then we're filling the plane with all these Afghani's running. We had no plan yet. We leave behind all our Black Hawk helicopters and all our um, tanks, and you know, I mean, they have so much more knowledge now. I mean, they've got more things than we than we ever should have thought to leave behind. Well, and 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 Biden is acting like he couldn't have possibly anticipated this. Right. Which, which, well, according to the intelligence, they they knew that this was a possibility, that this was yes. coming. Right. About a month ago, someone warned them. I yeah. forget who a general, maybe someone warned them. But even in his speech afterwards, he said, I realize this looks awful. You know, these people are suffering. We're going to try and get them out. But I stand behind my decision. I stand behind my withdrawal, my, you know, tactics or whatever, however he phrased it. And to me, it sounded like his speech was could be summed up as sorry, not sorry. Right. Like, I'm sorry this is happening to you, but I would have done the same thing tomorrow if given the choice. And I, I don't know how, how you could think about all those people. How is it you could do the same right. thing yeah. tomorrow? Like, if, if like, are you telling me there was no opportunity to withdraw all of the, the civilians right. and all of the, all of the uh, uh, military equipment two months ago, three yeah. months ago? If you can't remove it, destroy it. Or destroy it, right? But was it better to have it in their hands yeah. than to just blow it up? You had no, yeah. uh, like, you would still not do anything about the military equipment you left yeah. behind? Right. That's That's an insane thing to say. 
Well, and then you have the CNN reporter who stands there on camera and says, these people behind me are chanting death to America, but they seem very friendly. You know what's weird about that? So, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, they're insane. It's, it is insane, but here's the thing that's interesting, because I did see that. Um, what's interesting or, or weird about the, uh, the, um, uh, that, that phrase, the death to America, is it's so common now. You know what I mean? Oh, it's you're so, desensitized? They're decent. Like, they don't even... Honestly, at this point, it, she... I think she kind of has a point. Okay. I get, I get the, okay. I get, but because they're so desensitized to what they're actually saying, because to them now it's basically well, like a. Well, you mean salute. us hearing it? We're desensitized. You mean the ones? No, chanting? they are they, the ones okay. chanting it. They're okay. so desensitized to what they're saying. To us, we're like, death to me, death to me. But to them, it's just like a salute. It's, it's nothing. Okay, that it's might so be fair. It's so normal to them. Yeah, yeah. and because I remember, I remember reading about it a while. It's been a year or two. I can't remember what article or video I had seen that was talking about this. The way they say, I think it was when Iran's uh, parliament was 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 chanting the whole death to America, and someone had this commentary, and it just kind of struck me. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. They say it so much now that the, to them it doesn't come out as vicious at okay. all. Okay. It's like us saying, you know, uh, praise be to God. Yeah. You know, or uh, uh, I love America, or death to Americans. Like, to them, it's just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's still messed up. No, right, right, <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. But that's why it actually sounds like they're being friendly about yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they don't really They don't say, say it in anger. They say it like, and, make a sandwich. Make me a sandwich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, okay. it's so familiar to them at that point. Right? Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, he, 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 he uh, definitely had the intelligence, right? It even said, it, it, we even talked about um, how, like, a month ago, they, uh, the intelligence warned him that this could happen, right? Right. Um, we also know uh, that they don't seem to have any kind of a plan whatsoever. This is from uh, Controversy is the name of this uh, 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 website. During a Wednesday press briefing, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley, remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, said the U.S. military presence in Afghanistan has the capability to extract some Americans in extreme circumstances, but not to gather up large groups of Americans who cannot get to the U.S.-controlled airport in Kabul after the Taliban seized near total control of the country over the weekend. So you have no plan whatsoever. Right. These, all these people were there, and you can extract a couple, but you, you, why weren't you extracting a little bit at a time or as many as possible ahead of time right. when you knew this was going to happen? Yeah. So... And so did they not care? I, I mean, it, that's the question. And this is a general of the, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the excuse is. And I haven't heard it. You'd think they'd be coming out explaining why they've left so many Americans behind. No. And I haven't heard a single excuse. Mm-hmm. No, I, or I, reason. I don't know what goes on in their head. Like, again, intelligence warned them. So, and they didn't do anything about it. Um, or maybe they thought they had more time. I don't, I don't know what. Right. I don't know what. I mean, they knew it was coming, but they didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I guess they must have because they had a date, but still. Well, and I saw videos of them training Afghan soldiers who clearly are not coordinated. It's mm-hmm. just a different culture. It's not yeah. a slam on them by any means, but they were trying to do um, jumping jacks, and mm-hmm. they couldn't even figure out how to do that. And I don't know how we could have assumed they were ready to defend themselves. Well, and I've, yeah, and I've said this too, honestly. Um, I just, I don't think, this is just my opinion. I don't know mm-hmm. where you stand on this. Um, I don't think the idea of nation building was the way to go. I think we've, I think it's been 20 years. We, I think we've learned that that does not work. Agreed. Um, if we needed to, and I said this, uh, I think, last episode, if we needed to lay a spanking down real hard on them for what they did on 9-11, I'm all about that. Right. You know, bomb a bunch of Taliban bases and say, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Or the next time the bombs are going to be bigger. And leave it at that. Right. But to go in and do this nation building stuff, it clearly doesn't work. It's yeah. not working. These guys are not 
either able to or willing to defend their own land. Yeah, well, when I mentioned Biden's speech earlier, I didn't like the part where he basically said, sorry, not sorry. But I mm-hmm. did agree, oddly enough, with probably 85% of that speech because he did say, we've been there long enough. Yeah. It's time to bring the troops home. You know, uh, Trump set the date. I agree with all of that. But he used that as a cop-out. Yeah, but it, it is. it was time to bring the troops. It, yeah. it was how he did it and the order of operations. Mm-hmm. He did it wrong. We needed to, you know... Kill all the military intelligence first, rescue the Americans, and then withdraw the troops. I, I just don't know how anybody can't admit that that's that you know. They don't. They don't want to because then they'd have to admit that somebody else would have done a better job, and that somebody is too orange for them. So yeah. Um, And then we're seeing uh, Chinese reaction to this. Um, This one from CNBC: China uh, China portrays the U.S. as weak and unreliable to draw Taiwan closer. Analyst says. Right. Uh, in an attempt to draw Taiwan closer, China is trying to portray the U.S. as a weak power that cannot be counted on. You could not say that about the U.S. Uh, during Trump's presidency. You couldn't. Right. He was very strong in his language and his and, and rhetoric and all that, and, and, and he also followed up with it where it made sense without getting us to, into any new conflicts. Yeah. But as long as Taiwan thinks that we are strong and there for them, then they might you know still be willing to fight themselves. But... China's very smart in sowing the seeds of doubt, and it might give mm-hmm. it might have Taiwan raise that white flag sooner. Yeah. Well, and that's scary. If if Taiwan is seized by China, people don't realize the number of things that we get from them, like all the microchips and things for the cars and all the stuff that's made in that little country. You know, people think of it as just some island somewhere, and it's not a big deal. It's a mm-hmm. huge deal if Taiwan gets controlled by China. Yeah. And I don't think Americans have their head wrapped around that. Well, I mean, because it's one more thing that China has control over. Yeah. And they have control over a lot. And and to the point to that that uh, whether or not we're weak, I mean, they, we seem to be getting mixed messages from the White House on whether or not we would defend Taiwan. So this one from The Guardian. Okay. Uh, a senior Biden administration official said uh, U.S. policy on Taiwan had not changed after President Joe Biden appeared to suggest the U.S. would defend the island if it were attacked. Uh, a deviation from a long-held U.S. position of strategic ambiguity. So, sound kind of flaky. Are we yeah. going to protect them or not? Right. You know, and to your to your point about uh, whether or not Taiwan would throw up the white flag, if they're starting to think that they're not going to get the kind of support that they need in order to defend their island, then what? Right. So, this is having uh, effects far outside of Kabul. Well, but I didn't hear this. That's good, at least, that he appeared to suggest. Look how, well, look how weak that is. That's Joe Biden a, appeared a, to suggest. Well, did he, su- and even suggest isn't a very strong word. Right. Like, did he say it or not? So, he only suggested it, and then it was only the appearance of a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Like, how more wishy-washy can you get? I, I don't think you can get right. any more wishy-washy yeah. than Joe Biden, honestly. Yeah. So uh, he does not operate from a position of strength whatsoever. He he does operate from a position of weakness because yeah. he is weak. I know. And it's partly because of his uh, dementia. I mean, I know that's a part of it, but that's that's what happens when you have a weak president. Right. And the rhetoric matters. And you need somebody. Remember, uh, Trump Trump basically said, fuck around and find out to Iran. Yeah. I mean, in almost those words. Yeah. And it's like. Thank you. That's what we need. Right. We need somebody, you know, uh, say whatever else you want about Trump, but he did not but mince words. even with Kamala behind the scenes and Susan Rice behind her, why do they not want... I just, I don't understand what's so glamorous about socialism or about China having control. Even for Democrats, I I, I, I try. I Because I, I, I even watch CNN. I read liberal books because I, I try and get in their mind so I can understand. And I really can't understand what they see about 
Taiwan being seized by China or us selling I, more farmland to China? Like, how is that ever going to end up well for anyone? I, I don't think they care, honestly. Or if they do care, um, they, they're, they're kind of hamstrung by the inefficiencies of the government. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they, if they take a position of strength like Trump would, then they look too much like Trump. Right. right? You don't want that sure. if you are on the left. I mean, it's all about politics with these people. It yeah. really is. So, I'm sure we'll see more fallout from the Kabul stuff, but that's, that's, that's pretty frustrating to see after 20 years just flat out losing that war in that way. It's one thing to pull, pull the troops out, but to, to, to lose the war so dramatically is just upsetting. Yeah. But. I, I did see a, um, a video of a veteran, a younger guy, but uh, younger than me, I mean, not like a kid. Mm. And he was saying to all the troops that had been either lost, you know, brothers, sisters in the fight, sons, daughters, whatever. And he was talking to them about how, like, your lives weren't in vain. You, mm-hmm. you fought for something. There was meaning. It was worth it. And that's what's hard to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And even still, I do believe that, uh, even though we have lost the war in Afghanistan and yeah. we did lose the war in Afghanistan, uh, I still believe um, in the meaning that people fight for when they sign up for service. But that doesn't change the fact that it is absolutely heartbreaking True. that that this is the way it ended after all of that. That's mm-hmm. a lot to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So, Moving on, though, uh, from USA Today, screw your freedom, says Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> to, to anti-maskers who he refers to as schmucks in a powerful rant. Thanks for the narrative, USA Today. <laughs> Um, He isn't missing words when calling out anti-maskers. The Terminator star and former governor of California addressed Americans who are still in denial, quote, about the severity of the pandemic pandemic during an interview with CNN's Biana Go... I'm not even going to try. Goladriga. Thank you. I don't know. Uh, Sounds right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's a virus here. It kills people. This is uh, Schwarzenegger. Uh, there is a virus here. It kills people. Maybe I should try to do this in the voice. Oh, yeah. There is a virus here. <laughs> it kills people. And the only way we prevent it, that's a terrible, terrible accent, is get vaccinated, wear masks, do social distancing, <laughs> washing your hands all the time, and uh, not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. That, that went over well. I don't know who honestly says those words out loud and can defend it. Uh, you can. Screw your freedom? Yeah. I mean... That's the whole premise of this country. And yet he claims to be a conservative. He wants to run for governor. I mean, well, he was or governor, he did. Right? Yeah, yeah, he, he was he governor. Run, for but a... as a Republican. Yeah. And then he says, screw your freedoms out. Even if you're thinking that just because you're mad in yeah. the moment. Like, for someone to utter those words out loud and think that, you know, they have any merit is just... No, it's insane. And, and the thing is, is that um, he says... Further on, yeah, you have, he admits you have the freedom to wear uh, a mask or not. And first off, that's not true. That's the problem. Right. So you're missing the point altogether. Right. We don't actually have the freedom to not wear a mask. Right. They have mask mandates in schools right here in our city. Right. Uh, and you're in California. The mask mandates there are insane. Do they have any freedoms in California they, They're running out. They're yeah. running out quickly. Yeah. So for you, especially in California where they're running out of freedoms, for a Republican to say screw your freedoms yeah. is just nuts. Um so, so, yeah, he's totally missing the point here because he admits even that, that you should have the freedom to wear a mask. And the problem is is that that freedom is being taken away, and that's the thing that most people are challenging. Right. Um, now, here's my thing on masks. Um, I don't know how effective they are. Okay. It seems to me that there hasn't been enough 
of an outcome from the usage of masks to justify them. But, I mean, they do get used for a reason yeah. by doctors. Yeah. Um, you do have N95 masks for a reason. The, the one thing that, that the, one of the arguments that people bring up is the size of the virus versus the distance between the fibers and the mask. Right. And that's a fair argument except for the, to me, it's the droplet that's the issue, right? The droplet is what carries, yeah. potentially is going to... it's not aerosol. Yeah. Right. So if the droplet, when you cough, if it carries a virus within that droplet, a mask, I would think, is going to... Right limit how much that is going to spread now that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get an outcome of, it seems like it it seems obvious that you okay yeah we're going to have less of a spread of covid yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean that because there's unintended aspects of this as well there's people playing with their masks sure. and fudging sure. about with it and and when you do that then you then you get whatever on your hand and then whatever you touch with that hand including money yeah, or yeah. doorknobs or any of that stuff right so there's uh, it, and, and not to mention the fact that not all masks are the same. N95 yeah. seems to be the one that they all say, if you're going to have any mask, that's the one you should wear. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a cloth mask or, or a bandana or... So I think common sense is that it would slow down the spread. Masks. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is this whole talk of asymptomatic spread. Healthy people do not get other people sick. And even if you sneeze, you know, viral load, now I'm no doctor. I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn last night. <laughs> but even if you are just beginning, you know, the beginning stages of sickness where you might just feel a little wonky, your viral load is low. So even then if you're, you know, breathing on someone, you may not get them sick. I took care of both of my kids with COVID and both of them, I hugged and kissed them at night. My son had far fewer symptoms than my daughter. My daughter was shivering under a blanket, like miserable for a week. My son had a low-grade fever for four or five days, and that was it. Mm -hmm. So why, why is that so different? And then why didn't I, in either case, even my daughter who was shivering under a blanket, sweating, miserable, crying, I would kiss her on the forehead every night, every morning, three times in the middle of the day, hugged her, you know, when I brought her food, and I didn't get it. And that's not to say that I won't, you know, I don't think I'm immune, but... There's, there's something to be said about why people are getting it, why it's so much worse in some people than not, you know, comorbidities and all that, of course, play a part. But I do think masks probably slow the spread. But, I, but if you're not sick, to wear a mask to me is insane. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe this asymptomatic spread line. I just don't yeah. believe it. And even if I'm starting to feel a little wonky, like I said, you know, and I go to Kroger, who's standing, you know, what happened to the six feet, 15 minute thing? Like now the six feet has been reduced to three feet in schools. What happened to the 15 minute thing? At first they were saying you have to be within six feet of someone for 15 minutes. I can't think of anybody that stands next to that close to me for 15 minutes at Unless Kroger. Unless it's that at, long of a line at Kroger. But yeah, I mean, then. you know, so... So what's the real truth and why does it keep changing? And then you saw these videos of like this, you know, green smokestack that came out of your mouth to try and show people how far it traveled. And they were saying it would actually travel over the aisle into the next or over the like um, products into the next aisle. And then that was done. And, you know, this the virus has been here. I know it's a novel virus. It's been here long enough now that there should be more answers than there are. Yes. And so I think they're, I really do well, think. Well, they've lied to us so many times that it's hard to get the answer. Absolutely. Right? And I think they're kind of throwing jello, trying to nail jello to a tree and say, well, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Because now, if you think about it, we've now come 360. 
We did not get rid of COVID. Now there's a second strain, Delta, if you want to believe that, because there's no real test for it. But now they want us to start all over and do the same things that didn't work last year? No. You know, and so now we're going back to masks, back to social distancing, back to potentially closing businesses, which I hope they don't go that far. But so when do we try, so when do we admit that the things that we tried didn't work? Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, I don't know if that means give everybody N95 masks that the government hands out or if that means, you know, eat your vegetables and go for a walk. Well, actually, you know what? So that actually brings up, I only just thought of this. I, I didn't even think about this before, but it brings up a good point about prevention. Yeah. Right. It seems that the big government types in the left and, and Biden and Anthony Fauci, they're all pushing vaccines and they're pushing masks and they're pushing social distancing and they're pushing lockdowns. All of the most extreme things you could possibly do. Right. How come you don't hear them say, okay, fine, you, you don't agree with us on these really hard things to do? Because it is hard to do these things. Yeah. Right? Okay. Just listen to us on this. Take your vitamin D, exercise, right. eat right. You know, all the you don't hear them saying that stuff. No. I mean, I take I take vitamin D and How I take B12 every single day. How much money does the pharmaceutical day. company make off that stuff? Yeah. I mean, none. How much... Vitamin D is cheap. Well, and cheap, think cheap. about it. If people actually were healthy, would <clears throat> Fauci be the highest paid government worker? Right. I mean, you know, if it, it all comes back to it. Like, nothing they're advocating. How many doctors say, you know, you will lose 5, 10 pounds before I put you on this medicine? And maybe there are a lot that do. I've not been in that situation. But we're constantly putting on people. I know some elderly people that take handfuls of medication, mm-hmm. and they're utterly, utterly unhealthy. Yeah. Like, go for a walk. There's a reason. Eat better, yeah. you know? And so if the government is so concerned about the health, and not that I'm advocating for this, but why is there a McDonald's on every corner? Mm-hmm. They're not really that concerned about the health of Americans. We're the most obese country on the planet. And we have been for decades. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if that is, because obesity is one of the biggest contributors right. to even COVID deaths, right? right? But to contrib- contribute to, to most any of the uh, health effects that any we have, right? Any other comorbidity, yeah. Any other impact like of, of health that we have. So um, they're not going around, tr- well, they do try to uh, ban, you know, sugary sodas in New York and all that kind of stuff. So there are But then they hand they out, it. you know, drugs for jabs. What was it? Joints for jabs. Or oh, something. right. I mean, not that marijuana is bad, <clears> but I mean, it's just the, the message is so... It's backwards. Yeah. It's very much backwards. And it just seems to me that if if they it, there there's got to be other things that you can do to protect yourself from the uh, from the uh, virus yeah. that are not so uh, imposing. And I never hear those recommendations. Right. Are you telling me there is nothing else that we could do but these four crazy things that right. you think we need to do with lockdown, social well, and distancing, why, mask, and vaccines? Why do we only hear one side? I mean, doctors are doctors. Doctors all they went censored to them school. All. Right, but that's what I mean. Why are we censoring the, the what's it called? The, the freedom doctors. It's called um, frontline doctors. Frontline, yeah. Like, okay, and, and maybe maybe you don't agree with their stance, but they're still doctors. Mm-hmm. They still took the Hippocratic Oath. Mm-hmm. They still went to the four or eight or six or however many years of school you have to go through to get your degree so why can't americans who are somewhat intelligent especially if they've gone through public school right why can't they hear both sides of the argument and be free to to make make the decision that's best for them we all have a different risk adverse level you know level like i i take on probably more risk than most i just do i would rather i don't take the flu shot Mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I don't. I don't either. I don't take any of the things the that military. aren't mandatory. I just, I don't want to. I, yeah. I choose not to. I stay healthy. I work out. I, I was in a mosh pit the other night. So yeah, yeah, right. Totally, yeah. With your mask. Huh? With your mask. No. Oh. 
<laughs> Nobody was wearing a mask. But in mash pit, you can't be six feet apart either. No, no, no. You can't. But not properly anyway. Everyone should decide. What, and, and then people say, well, the, the answer is then you're getting me sick. Well, not if you're standing within six feet of me. Mm-hmm. That's your decision. If you're so scared, put your mask on. And when you go to Kroger, don't go within six feet of someone. Yeah. Don't go to the mosh pit. Mm-hmm. Don't go to, you know, or don't go to Kroger at all. Order online. I am not infringing on your rights. No. You are free to do whatever you choose to do. I am just shopping for my groceries. Yep. I, that, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, there's this whole, like, bullying thing. It's called, I do not know of one, and that's not to say there aren't some, but I don't know of one person who is anti, I, I say anti-mask, but you're not really against masks. You don't just don't want to wear one yourself. So... Skeptical but I'll is, it is, is that. I think, the way I Yeah, but it. I don't know of one anti-mask person who looks at a mask wearer and says, oh my gosh, look at you. You know, it makes fun. I do see the other way around, though. You're a murderer. You're killing. Yeah. You're out here. I, you're I, right on that, although I'll push back a little bit because on this very show I've made fun of people who wear uh, oh, masks <laughs> in, by themselves in the car. Oh, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they should be like, made fun of. Yeah, and, or yes. the people that will, like, run... Uh, well, because that does on. raise a question is where do you think, I mean, do they think the virus is floating in the air for that long? That I don't they think might, they like, do. I, I honestly it? think they're only, that one gets down to virtue signaling, plain and simple. They're oh, only doing fair. it to demonstrate that, hey, look, I'm look a good person. Yeah, yeah. Look at me for being a good person today. Yeah. And you should do the same thing because yeah. I'm setting the example. Kind of like I if really I had a Ferrari, I would literally drive it around town for no reason just yeah. so people could see exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except I would actually think you're cool for doing that. <laughs> right, right. But if you were wearing a mask <laughs> while you were doing right. it, then I'd be like, look at that goof. <laughs> yeah. So, But you're right. You're right, though. It's it's one thing, though, to make fun of somebody for doing something goofy like that. It's yeah, another yeah, thing yeah. to call them a murderer for not right. wearing a mask. I right? agree. That's a whole different thing. But, I mean, in schools, the whole school debate with masks right now that's going on is I've heard people say, are they going to make fun of my kid when they show up with a mask in school? My answer is no. No. They're not. It's going to be the other way around. Right. Yeah. 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 And, honestly, that's because of the situation that we've created with Two class system, yeah. where we have the, the the people with masks and the people without masks, or the people with a vax and people without a vax. I mean, like, that's, like Mike Dewine, another yeah, staunch Republican, they've, gone, said. they've decided that 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 we're gonna we're gonna other you if yeah. you do not comply. Yeah. And when has that ever worked out? Right. So. Uh, let's uh, get into some local stuff here. This okay. was wild. Uh, Hamilton County. This is from uh, WCPO Cincinnati. Hamilton County judge has never seen so many teens accused of murder. Currently, 14 kids accused in Hamilton County. How are they defining kids? Uh, I'm sure they see. 16-ish. Yeah. Well, this because remember back in uh, back in there in the um, I think it was in oh July 4th. The, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Killings the killings on July 4th. Park. That was the a 16-year-old and a or a. 14-year-old and a 19-year-old or a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old, something like that. Uh, Oh, here. uh, uh, anyway, so uh, here's what it says here. There are 14 children facing murder charges in the Hamilton County Juvenile Court System as of Wednesday evening following Tuesday's arrest of four teens by Cincinnati police in relation to the June killing of a 16-year-old. So I think mostly teens, right? Okay, okay. See, Galavin, I don't know how you say it, Beauchamp uh, was walking near his Avondale home on June 21st when police say someone shot him. He died three days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, here's this, so I was talking about because because it seems to me I don't know if the stats back it up just yet or if it's just because the news is reporting it a lot. Okay. But it seems there is definitely an increase in violence in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, the shooting on July 4th uh, uh, by the at the banks I think it was the banks right. Yeah. Well, it was uh, at or Smale Park. Smale Park. Yeah. 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 Um, at Smale Park was 
kind of a highlight of that, but I mean, it seems to be happening a lot. And my suggestion, tell me what you think of this. My suggestion is there's two things going on here. First off, um, idle hands are the devil's uh, workshop, workshop or something, or plaything or whatever, okay. right? <laughs> It goes somewhere. Right, yeah, yeah. But the, they know what we mean. The gist of it, yeah, the gist of it being that if you uh, don't have enough to do, you'll find something to do. And that something isn't always good, good right? right. Uh, very often it's bad. Right. Um, and with the lockdowns, we created an entire culture of people who sit around with nothing to do. Right. I remember when Cincinnati Public Schools canceled their sports, a lot of the people advocating to return to sports were to say that those inner city children needed those sports because going home was not a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing they talked about is is uh, is that that it's not a good place to be, and there is abuse. You yeah. know, and abuse has been on the rise as a result. Right. Too. So it's and it's the thing I've been saying over and over again. But these people who are focused on just getting rid of COVID, just focusing on COVID, they have tunnel vision yeah. because they're not considering the other side of things. They're not yeah. considering the, the unintended consequences of a lockdown. Well, number one, you have people with idle hands. You have people who go home and spend more time at home with people who are violent and abusive. Mm-hmm. You have all kinds of unintended consequences that normally you would have a problem with, but you don't seem to be, yeah. you don't seem to hear us when we tell you this stuff is happening. So I got in a conversation with someone on Facebook who was lecturing me about compassion and how could I, you know, not wear a mask or advocate for all children to be in masks? How can I not be compassionate to, you know, the lives that I'm killing by spreading, you know, being a super spreader for COVID? And I said, compassion is a two-way street. Why are you not compassionate to the kids who have anxiety wearing a mask mm-hmm. or feel claustrophobic or then, you know, can't stop touching their masks because they are children. And if you've ever looked at a child's hands, they're filthy dirty. So they touch their masks and then they're sick with something else. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or the kid who, you know, uh, whatever number, the kid that commits suicide. I mean, the suicide, teen suicide was on the rise last year during mm-hmm. um, all the shutdowns. Yeah. Are you not compassionate to them? Should we yeah. not open businesses and gyms and whatever so that kids don't feel the need to commit suicide? What about, you know, are you not compassionate? And then all of a sudden you change your tune. Well, of course, of course, you know, I, I, I've, my heart breaks for all that and this and that. And I said, then don't accuse me of not being compassionate right. when I just showed you the other side. Okay, so now that we can assume we both are looking at this from a place of compassion, now let's have a conversation and move forward. Exactly. This is why I don't wear masks. This is why you do. How do we fix it? Maybe we make rooms in schools where uh, there's a room of kids that don't wear masks and a room of kids that do. Instead of doing home and not mm-hmm. home, let's do mask and no mask. Let's have different entrances. Let's have different teachers. At the teachers very least, or, provide a virtual option, if nothing right. else, which, which they're not doing it for And you know they can do it. And Well, most aren't, aren't anymore. I know Loveland's not. I know a bunch of them aren't. You know you can do it. You set it up last year yeah. to be able to do it. I do realize that it costs money. But we pay $15,000 per kid for most public schools a year. Not only that, but how much money do they get from the federal government specifically for COVID-related COVID right. expenses? And you're telling me that's all gone, and yet a lot of these places are going to put levies well, on Well, because they went year? to things like uh, refurbishing, plexiglass. Yeah, plexiglass and refurbishing the uh, Black Lives Matter mural downtown. Oh, well, that's oh, yeah. important. Yeah, very important. Yeah. So, <laughs> just On a public street that then got degraded because <clears throat> cars drove on it. Who didn't see that coming? Right. 
Well, that's a, I mentioned that too on because the, there was a, someone had defaced it and defaced one of them in another city. I think it was in California or something like that. They had another one, and I'm like, the only reason you're putting a mural on the street is so that someone will deface it so you can complain. Right. It's the only reason you're doing that, because right. so, so that way you can demonstrate how racist the world still Although is. Although, like, the, dude, of course they're gonna do that. A lightning bolt did strike the George Floyd mural on yeah. the side of <laughs> no, the building in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, that was, I don't know who they're blaming for that, but it's. A funny joke. Even God, even God is racist. It's a punchline. Yeah. yeah. Um, In Kentucky, uh, y'all might be aware already, but Andy Bashir. Was that y'all intentional? No, I just I just talk like that. Okay. I lived in the South. I thought maybe you switched to Kentucky and the y'all came out. No, uh, no, 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 no. I lived in the South long enough to not be able to extract it from my lexicon. So that's good. Um, But just so y'all know. (laughs) Andy Bashir, Governor Andy Bashir, uh, uh, tried to enforce uh, enforce school mask mandates, but a judge has halted it. So this one uh, from the Enquirer: Federal judges uh, enjoined Governor Andy Bashir from enforcing Kentucky's school mask mandate, saying Bashir's recent executive order is akin to tyranny. I love it. Nice. That is fantastic. However, the ruling only takes effect uh, in private schools, so that's really just like the Catholic schools and stuff. But it is tyranny, and I'm glad to hear a judge actually say those words. Because it's not often you hear, especially a federal judge, uh, not mince words when it comes to what's going on here. This is not, you do not get to legislate from the executive office. And that's right. what these governors, including ours in Ohio, have been doing. Right. And it's just insane. And tyranny is a strong word, too. For him to have used that word, and, and then it makes me question, why did he only do it for the private schools? Uh, I mean, tyranny would cover both. I mean, if you really think it's a tyrannical rule order... Then how can you separate the two? And That's I understand a, he had to because yeah. of the Department of Education, but it's a very strong word for him to have used. It is a strong word. I'm, I'm glad he used it, but I see your point. I think the only reaction I might have to that is that you are removing options when the parents can't even... I mean, people choose private schools for a reason. Yeah. Right? And if you can't even choose a private school that does not enforce things that they shouldn't be enforcing, like a math mandate, yeah. then... You run out of choice altogether, as opposed to having the choice to send your kid to a school that does require masks and those that don't. Yeah. It's still either way. I agree yeah. with you. It's tyranny no matter what. Yeah. Um, but there's, I think, just the whole dynamic of private versus public right. just gets confusing, unfortunately, and that's because the government decided to take over education in the first place. I know, place. and I always feel bad for the people who would, would pull their kids for private but can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Because they really have no choice. And if you live yeah. in a bad zip code and you're locked into one school, you know, that's not good for your child, you're screwed. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that's a horrible way for our education system to be Oh, funded. agree 100%. Um, that's, you know, it's its own conversation. But a few months ago, we had interviewed a guy um, about uh, a, a school that he was setting up um, that was Hillsdale's, I don't want to say sponsored, but partnered, Hillsdale's okay. sponsor, uh, partnered. And it's going back to classical education. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if you all get a chance, go back and, and I can't remember which episode it was. It was way back in early, early, I can say early days now, even though it's really just been February since we started this show. But uh, back in the early days, we had this guy on and he was talking about classical education. And he's setting it up, uh, I think the, uh, he's setting up grades one through three. And I don't know if it's going to be next year or the year after. They're still trying to find a location for the building. Um, but it will be free. Okay. But there's limit. There's limited seating, of course, right? But it will be free, and it's classical education. It's not any of this woke. Where will nonsense. its funding come from? Um, donations, basically. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, which 
I mean, well, I of course have a solution to solving our entire educational oh, system. Oh, sure. So you know how we give money for food stamps. Mm-hmm. We give money to individuals, and we say, "Go buy your food." Mm-hmm. We don't give money to Kroger, and then say, "Miss Smith will come in and buy her groceries," and then Kroger gives her her groceries. Right? I don't understand why we give money to the schools. I agree. We should give the fourteen thousand, whatever it is, to the parents, and then they should be able to go to whatever school they want. Now. The reason that would work, you know, people say, oh, the buildings will crumble and, you know, whatever. Competition makes everything better. Mm -hmm. It makes business better. It makes education better. It makes everything better. And if you are able to choose which school you go to and people are, if people start running from CRT and running from Common Core, or if they run towards those things, Mm -hmm. then more schools will have to either adopt those things or cancel those things Mm -hmm. because they need to attract the people who have the money. Right? So right now, schools don't have to compete. Mm-hmm. They kind of compete with pi- private school, but actually a school, a public school district is happy that I pull my kid and go to a public private school because they still get my tax, dollars, get tax dollars and yeah. they don't have to educate my child. Yeah. The only, thing child is, is, the, the only thing is is that they do get extra funding per pupil, but still. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that, that is. And, and sometimes they're, the, the schools are overcrowded, too, so they probably just assume people will take them out anyway. Right? Yeah. But, uh, but no, you're right, 100%. But the problem is is that... Um, Better ideas win in a free market. And the thing is, is that if you make it a competition, then CRT is not going to win. No. Woke, woke education right. is not going to win, yeah. right? right? So in, the, in, a competing, in a competing market, they know that their ideas suck. Right. And, and that's, that's why, why they, they force it on choice. you because they yeah. know their ideas are not going to win in the in, in the marketplace of right. ideas. But if they can hold your child hostage and force those ideas on them... Mm-hmm. Then in the long run, they see that as a win. Yeah. Uh, this one from uh, City Beat, uh, Kentucky Health Commissioner. If you're spreading false COVID-19 information, you're killing people. Dr. Stephen Stack said that Kentucky will hit its all-time record for ICU capacity this week with no signs that the virus is slowing down. Um, those who are passing along lies, they are lies about these vaccines are killing people, he says. Um, that's an interesting quote. I wonder if he's directing that at Joe Biden when he said that uh, if you get the vaccine, you are not going to get the virus. Yeah. I wonder if he was right. uh, directing that at Anthony Fauci when he said that, hey, you don't need to get a mask, you know, yeah. just so that he could, you know, save him for the uh, hospitals. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if he's directing that at anybody except those who are skeptical, skeptical about the whole situation. Yeah. Probably well, not is my suspicion. Probably not. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the vaccine isn't. I, I don't know. I, I think the jury is still out on how, how like now they're saying you need a booster shot every three months. Mm-hmm. So I guess the vaccine, you know, decreases um, symptoms. But doesn't that then make the vaccinated individuals super spreaders? Because if they can contract the disease, the, the virus, and they feel fine, so they're going out everywhere, aren't they then spreading it to more people? Because <clears throat> if I was not vaccinated yeah. and got sick and felt lousy, I would stay home and lay in bed and watch Netflix. Yeah. But if I got the vaccine, uh, the, the virus and felt fine, I would go out. So I almost think the virus is creating more super spreaders. And aren't they then the killers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, and that <laughs> argument. Yeah, I've heard. That's a good point. I mean, it's just I've, a I've debate one side or the other. Like, right. who's it, the real killer? Is, isn't it the virus and not us? Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of rhetoric is just ridiculous. It is. It is. And that's exactly what it is. It's propaganda. And it's meant to scare you into compliance. And that's all it's for. As opposed to just saying, look, here's what we know. 
do the best you can with this information. Here's our recommendations. Yeah. I'm an expert, but I've not I'm not right about everything. There are people who disagree with me. You know what I mean? If there is a dissenting voice, I want to hear it so yep. we can make sure that we get all the best information. But that's not what you hear from And then me. allow individuals, not just not just the individual like you and I, but individual business owners. If I owned a business and it was my sweat equity in that business and mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted my customers to wear a mask and I was willing to lose the non-masked people, that's my choice as a business owner, right? If I'm a private school and I say I'm willing to lose the money of the you know kids coming here because I want everyone in masks, look, every business and school private should be able to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. If you want to make public policy, that's fine, but leave the private enterprises out of it. For once, I mean, can we just let people be free? I mean, it's just... <laughs> No. No, we can't. We can't. That doesn't work for people's agenda. <laughs> that was an easy question. Give, me, a, yeah, give me a harder no, one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll, try, I'll try a little harder <laughs> next time. But uh, from Fox 19, we've got a Covington business, though, who uh, has this sign that says, Anti-vaxxers are not welcome here. Goodbye. Uh, Covington business is one of many around the country now requiring proof of vaccination against COVID-19 to enter. I made this joke uh, last week about how uh, I'd love to create a vaccine passport that is ambiguous maybe i got the vaccine okay maybe i didn't <laughs> you're never gonna know i'd well, love that what i wonder good. about people and and my son did get the vaccine he mm. works for the alabama football team and so he had to mm. it was a choice he would have gotten tested three times a week and he didn't want to so he got the vaccine so i've seen what the vaccine card you know looks like i've held it in my hand but I've not seen a thousand of them. Do they all look exactly the same? And who's, like I know Riverbend and all those businesses are requiring them too. So aren't there like 20-year-olds at the door? Like are they, is it like a $100 bill that you can hold up to the light and see the blue line mm -hmm. from inside? How, who's really checking to see if these vaccine cards are accurate or yeah. not? I mean, it just seems to be such a... Well, I mean, it's we're probably... We're back to virtue signaling. Well, yeah, because I mean, a, a, an ID is kind of hard to fake. But that goes through a whole process to be even, I mean, first off, it's got to be consistent. Yeah. In each state, it's got to be very consistent. Everybody's got the same looking ID so that it's really easy for people to be able to uh, recognize. Um, and that goes through the government in order for that to happen. So and that's eff effectively what they yeah, want. Yeah, but kids right? these days order them in bulk online, fake IDs. Sure. You know, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. But they yeah. at least have holograms on them. I mean, there's still, yeah, know, there's yeah. something about this is but literally a card stuff. You have to train all of, of these employees who have right. already been trained on identifying one kind of ID to now have to identify a whole other kind of ID. Unless yeah. I guess they put it on the driver's license, which is probably aiming for it. Some My guess is they're going to, at this point, business owners are going to say if they hand you something, yeah, let them in. Yeah. Course. you know so. it, it could be a blank piece of paper or not a blank piece of paper just a piece of paper that says vaxxed yeah in like sloppy pen that your sixth yeah, grader yeah. wrote you yeah. know something like that but i it, you know i i mean i'm not going here uh it's called uh covington clay covington clay yep all right well i guess i don't studio. know I... is that maybe that's where um ghost film there is that where ghost film are you did they film it in cincinnati no i'm kidding oh okay i was, I was gonna say that's <laughs> Pottery studio. Yeah. Could, people could go reenact the ghost. It, oh, only if you're vaccinated, though. Have you ever watched the show uh, Community? If you ever get a chance to check that one out? It's really no. funny. So it's a, it's, I think it's on Hulu maybe, but um, it's this show about a community college. It's really, it's really, really funny. Oh. And there's uh, an episode where they take pottery for an easy credit. credit. Okay. And the joke of the whole episode is that the teacher uh, will give you an F if you try to recreate the same thing. Okay. Oh, I've, I've heard something like that. I, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I've it's seen a, it, but I think I've it's a it. funny. It's a funny show. You should yeah. check that out. So, um, 
And then uh, we had this, uh, I saw you share this on Facebook, actually, this Lehigh teacher, an Alpine school district, actually, this was in Utah, not, I thought I said it was in Illinois before, but in Utah, she was a chemistry teacher uh, who was talking about COVID vaccines and how much she hated Trump and all that. Well, she lost her job. Well, good. Yeah, good. Bye-bye. Yeah. One down, how many more to go? I mean, the uh, way this yeah. teacher spoke to those children, and the thing is, I think a lot of teachers, not all, don't lump me into the, you hate all teachers right. crap, because I don't. But there are a lot of teachers who have forgotten what their jobs are. Yep. And their jobs are not to fill minds, but rather shape minds and make them stronger. Mm-hmm. Teach kids. I mean, it's the old adage, what to think, not, or how to think, not what to think. The way she spoke to those children who disagree, at first she was disrespectful. She was nasty. She was degrading. She was condescending. She was degrading their parents. I mean, any the word you can use to say something bad, that's how she spoke yeah. to those children. Right. And then she even said... If you think, I forget what exactly it was, but if you think X, Y, Z, get out of my classroom. Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was, I think it was about LGBT. Like, if you have anything to say to LGBT okay. people in this school and I hear about it, yeah. get out of my classroom. Yeah. Now, now a, a real teacher, a good teacher, would have said, tell me why you said that. Tell me why you think that. Let's get to the bottom of what have your experiences mm-hmm. been. How, and then let me explain to you what I think. And let's talk about it. Class, what do you think? I mean, where, when is the, what teacher shuts down discussion and kicks people out of classrooms for disagreeing? I, it's, not, it's not teaching anymore. But, I mean, she was the one who initiated the conversation about it anyway. And yeah. what does that have to do with chemistry? You're a chemistry teacher. Right. The hell does that have to do with anything that you're supposed to be teaching? Right. So, yeah. Uh, we're also seeing now I'm that- actually, sorry to no, interrupt, but I'm glad she, uh, I'm su- a little surprised she was fired. And not just reprimanded, mm-hmm. or because I don't feel like liberals get fired all that often. No, not not when they should be. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, so. they, they've forgotten that they they th- they think their job is to indoctrinate. Yeah. She's definitely an example of that. But I am glad to see she was fired, and, yeah. I, and I, I yeah, honestly, I'm surprised. Uh, we are seeing now too that uh, Riverbend, uh, Taft Theater, Icon, and other venues are going to require vaccines or negative COVID nineteen tests. This is actually starting, uh, I believe, October fourth is what I had seen. Um, oh wait! All entry requirements for shows happening between August 16th and August, uh, uh, October 4th, when the policy will be enacted, will be at the artist's discretion. So, um, but uh, at that point, at October, October 4th is when uh, it won't be the artist's discretion; it'll be the venue just enforcing it. So, um, for me, I'm just here's the thing: I'm not against getting the vaccine. I might get it at some point. Yeah. But I, I even then, I am not going to get a passport. I'm not going to show anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody yeah. in a situation where I'm compelled to. Uh, if Even if I've got the vaccine, I'm going to go to CVS and I'm going to get tested uh, for COVID and use that instead. Because it's just, it's barely any of your business whether or not I have COVID. But yeah. I'm definitely not going to give you my vaccination status. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid having to yeah. use that. So I look at it kind of like masks. I do not wear masks except for when I get my roots dyed, which I know you're shocked that I'm old enough to have to have my roots dyed. Hmm. But that's something that I choose to do. Mm -hmm. My hairdresser, who I love and want to keep going to, requires masks. So I said, this service is worth it to me Mm -hmm. to don a mask, right? But it's your choice. So I put it on. Right. So that's the same as a vaccine. At this point, I I don't have any intentions of getting it at all. Yeah. Now, if I decide that I want to go to, you know, Bora Bora, and they require masks, then I will weigh my options and say, well, maybe I'll just go to, you know, some other island instead. Or yep. maybe I'll say, no, I really want to go to Bora Bora. That's worth it to me. Yep. I will get the mask. I mean, the, 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 ma- vaccine. the vaccine. Yeah. So 
Which it is not uncommon when choice. you travel. They, right. they, they I'm not anti-vaccine. Yeah. I have all the requ- I get all the required ones except um, flu. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get that one. I don't want it. I have had the flu. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to get the flu again rather than the vaccine. And, th- you know, that's what I choose. I-, I will get it when it's time for me to get it. Yeah. But we're seeing now, too, that uh, in Lakota and in Mason, they uh, have shifted their policies. They are now requiring masks in, in Mason. Uh, pre-K through uh, grade six, uh, but not afterwards because I guess that's when you can get the vaccine. You yeah, can't get it as a kid. Yeah, at age 12 you can start getting Right, vaccine. but the thing is, is as far as that goes, is that those kids, sh- uh, many of them share a household with kids who are not, uh, are, that are teens. Yeah. You know, so, and not all of them are vaccinated. So it's just. Well, and, and what, what kills me about it too is all summer these kids were together um on, you know, on, without masks. And we, we had someone speak at the Madeira School Board meeting. He was a doctor. He showed up. He had a mask on. He spoke at the meeting about wearing masks. And his child had just gone to a birthday party with 10 kids, unmasked, was just in a car, shoulder to shoulder, with seven kids carpooling to the, seven people carpooling to the party, unmasked. But now all of a sudden in school, like where does this notion come from that all of a sudden in the school building, the virus has spread so much more? When these same people advocating for masks in the school building send their kids to other people's houses with 10 kids running around Mm -hmm. unmasked. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand where the narrative comes from. I saw a picture recently of Forest Hills school district administrators uh, and school board members taking a picture with a bunch of kids bunch of elementary school kids unmasked all of them unmasked including the administrators after they had voted on the mask so they're not consistent that's the thing they're just not consistent why am i supposed to take you seriously you're not even being consistent about it you can say well it's not in effect yet but who cares yeah it's that important wear your damn mask now well and it's backwards to me too because if you even if you're vaccinated you know the the 12 and up they can still give it and spread it so why is the line drawn too that if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask? I mean, if the point is the mask stops the spread. Well, vaccinated people are still spreading it. Yeah. So the, their lot, their their narrative doesn't even make sense because if you truly want to stop the spread, then everyone should be in a mask, vaccinated mm-hmm. or not. Yep. Because you're well, both and getting it. But then, be careful though; they're starting to say that. Well. Right. And that's the thing is like there's no, there is no limit to it. And right. as soon as you say that, then they go, well, okay, fine. Then wear and they, now you're kind of stuck, right? Yeah. So that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. A couple more stories we'll cover. This one uh, is just this one wasn't necessarily local, but it was just really, really good uh, 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 commentary. And I'm just going to play a, a few uh, seconds of it because what this guy he got into it with the board members, um, and uh, I think he used to be a board member on this particular board, but now he's just a parent uh, who's uh, concerned about the censorship that's going on. And it reminds me of I don't know how familiar you are with what's going on with the Forest Hills School District as far as public commentary, but. They do not let you say board members' names. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if a board member, a specific board member, does something, you can't refer. You can't refer to that person by name. Now, if you read the bylaw in the board meeting Wait, during, during the commentary, during your own public commentary, you cannot say the board members. That. Yeah. Okay. And I think that they're first off the bylaw is says that you are supposed to address the board. And they use that to mean that oh. you can't say their name. But it doesn't say specifically that you can't use their name. Okay. And they don't enforce it when they say something positive about a board member, right? So it's they're not consistent about it. Okay. Um, but it's just a form of censorship because then whenever you criticize somebody like Leslie Rasmussen, who is uh, one of the board members on Forest Hill School District, uh, you can't say her name even though she's a specific person doing a specific thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's the censorship. And really it's just censorship, right? And it's right? a layer of protection. It's a layer of protection. 
uh, and they 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 it came up this last time. Uh, uh, we covered it during this last board meeting that they had a month ago, almost okay. a month ago, where a guy said her name, and then Forrest Heist, the president of the board, uh, tried to shut him down, and they got into this back and forth over it, right? Gotcha. But again, first off, it's to me, it's a First Amendment issue. Uh, number one. Number yeah. two. The the bylaw he's he's referencing doesn't say specifically you can't say the name. It says that you have to address the board when you're doing it, which to me just means you can't use it as a platform like you're a candidate running for office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and address the community and say I'm running for office because of this, that. You can't do that. That makes yeah. sense because that's not the purpose. Of, you have to address the board because they're the ones that are uh, dealing with these these issues, right? So anyway, uh, that kind of leads us into this guy who was. Uh, criticizing censorship and he knew he was prepared for this because apparently you're not allowed to insult board members so oh. he decided to insult them uh and to call them on it when they tried to shut him down for it so this is just this is pretty good we'll play this don't ever cut the tape again paul and by the way bastard child of margaret thatcher i took it as a compliment now you snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment it seems to me that you think you can supersede the united states constitution well, I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the U.S. Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government policy. Do not warn me or do not interrupt my time. That if, if you, you interrupt my time, personal insults do not like that again, my or time. if you personally direct your comments, you will Let be asked be very to clear. step away from I'm, the podium. I'm going to I am quote asking to you, you to make your comments, I'm but do not just do name do not calling talk like over you me. just did. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. So I love that because it's... So first off, the reason... <laughs> <laughs> and he he said that you could tell he set this up on purpose, but he executed it very very well. Because says he says to the uh, president of this uh, school board, he says, uh, "Listen here, Benito Mussolini, right?" right? <laughs> and that was the uh, particular insult that he objected to, right? Yeah. And the guy had mentioned uh, if you go back and and this this will be in the show notes, so you guys can watch the whole video. It's about five minutes long. It's really great, though. You should check it out. But he mentions previously that he was on the board at some point and uh, a public. Uh, uh, commentary, uh, one of the public uh, accused him of being the bastard child of Margaret Thatcher. And they tried to cut that when they went to public publicize the video, or publish the video, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. tried to cut that. And this is his claim during this video. And he says, uh, when they told me they were going to do that, I said, don't you dare. That's public record. Like, yeah, you can't he, he criticized it. me. It is what it is. Yeah. He, so it was, he was ta pointing out how they were, they were insulting him and call, calling him the bastard child of of uh, Margaret Thatcher, but he was not going to let that be
be stricken from the record in any way. That was public record, plain right. and simple. Whereas in uh, this case, the new board and this new president really have that problem with it, and they will not let you insult. And he even said, and he's like, and he's right. Um, sometimes that speech is caustic. That's the whole point of the free, of freedom of right. speech is to is to uh, allow even for that caustic speech. You right. do not get to. Uh, restrict that. Well, if the only speech, we, if everyone only spoke highly and politely and kind, we wouldn't need the First Amendment. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that is the whole point. It is the people, whole point. That's the thing that people People always, forget about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I even think, as opposed to the N-word as I am, mm -hmm. and I teach my children not to say it, and I wouldn't say it, I, I, I don't think it should be stricken from our... I mean, people, people have a right to even be jerks. Yeah. People have a right to be stupid. They have a right to be mean. They have a right to be rude. I mean, that's what rights are. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, to be friendly and kind. It's to be whatever it is that... That, right. you know, Americans want to be in the moment. I, I don't know. I, I just think we're getting so far away from that. It's kind of scary. No, we really are. But it's 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 1984 is what it is. Right. That's for what, sure. That's what we're coming to. So. All right. And the last uh, story we're going to cover here is, of course, in Forest Hills. There was a lawsuit filed recently uh, filed by, uh, I believe, Kurt Hartman uh, on behalf of John Doe. Um, who is a resident of Forest Hills, uh, says that the school board and its five members violated Open Meetings Act when they approved a policy requiring masks in grades K through 6. Uh, Attorney Kurt Hartman filed the suit in Hamilton County Court plea, uh, Common Pleas Court Wednesday morning, seeking a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction to prevent the mask rule from going into effect. Now, I've since heard, uh, I haven't seen it, but I think they have overruled that injunction, and not because of whether or not the case has any merit, but just because COVID is so bad that we've got to let it go through. But uh, I'm just, I've got it pulled, I've got the uh, announcement, which they're required to announce these meetings and their agenda, pulled up right here. So the argument is that they conducted a vote on masks in Forest Hills, uh, last week on Wednesday, even though they never said they were intending to do that. Right. It and was just for discussion. It was just to, and it wasn't even to discuss masks. Here's what the agenda says. The purpose of this meeting is as follows. Discussion on the 2021-2022 reopening plans and approval of human resources items. Any general purposes of the board that require attention will also be addressed. That's it. Yeah. That is all they said they were going to do during this special meeting. They never said anything even about masks in this special yeah. meeting, but they voted on masks. And then ultimately. someone showed up with a PowerPoint presentation specifically mm -hmm. about masks. Yeah. So they knew that that was going to be a topic of discussion. Yep. Now, whether or not they're going to try and go skirt around the corner and say, well, in order to reopen, we need to discuss masks. That's probably how they're going to try and... But they could have discussed the masks for sure. Yeah. I mean, as part of reopening plans. I mean, I could see that. That's, right. that's not outside of the scope. But if you're voting... That is right. way outside of the scope. Right. That was not, no one knew that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Right? So um, so that's what the, but here's the thing. This is what's interesting about this lawsuit. So okay. it gets into all that kind of stuff in the legalese, and, and I, I don't know how well that's going to play out. But it actually gets into some of the intimidation that has been going on in this district. And there is a lot. Okay. There is a lot. So I'm going to read through some of these uh, instances. First off, yeah. it's one that this this is one that we've talked about on this show already on the on behalf of uh, 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 board member Leslie Rasmussen. Sorry, Doctor Leslie Rasmussen. Oh, of course. Um, so this is from the lawsuit here under claims of intimidation in this district. Residents who simply sought public records 
to obtain more information concerning a consultant fired by the Forest Hills Local School District have had the specific and repugnant epithet leveled against them by Leslie Rasmussen, a member of the Board of Education of Forest Hills Local School District, that these residents, by simply exercising their legal right to obtain public records, were engaging or demonstrating shades of racism, quote. And then in turn, Demetria Choice, another member of the Board of Education, ratified and echoed such repugnant epithet against these residents. Um, the, the incident that they're referring to there, and it is on video, so you guys can go and see it. We talked about it on this show. It's on Chronicles. Oh, Chronicles. I almost forgot to mention Chronicles. Yeah, Chronicles is what we use for our show notes. C-H-R-O-N-I-K-L-E-S. Do not forget that K. Thank you very much. Go to Chronicles to check out all of the topics that we are covering here. But if you go back and watch the video, what ended up happening here is people were making records requests on what uh, the consultant for the district, Catrice Quitter, was training the teachers on as it relates to this care team. Okay. And so they made, they made just records requests, and then they sent an email to her and I guess to her employer and said, I just want to know where you stand on this, or I wanted, I'd like to see these records. And they accused the members, the Res Leslie Rasmussen and Dee Dee Choice, accused these residents of being of, of racism and harassment for these uh, records requests that they were making. Yeah. And the thing that struck me, I mean, it's bad enough to, to call people racist, but I'm so used to being called a racist right. by the left that, like, it doesn't even phase me anymore. Right. But the thing that really struck me was the harassment claim, because that's a very specific accusation, yeah. and they provided no evidence of this. All they said was that emails were sent. Well, they've been doing, I mean, these people do records requests all the time. Right, right. new, right? Um, so to me, that was the, hard, the, the worst part of it, not even the racism thing, but the harassment accusation, okay. which, again, with no evidence, but was being accused publicly by these board members. Yeah. Um, she also said during that meeting, I have their names. Oh. Well, what are you going to do with those names? Yeah. That's my question. That's the obvious question. I have heard their names. Okay. And if I'm one of those residents, should I expect to be arrested at right. some point? Should I expect to be served uh, a lawsuit at some point? Or, as we'll get into... Uh, and some of these later claims, should I expect another resident of Forest Hills to come at me and threaten me and threaten to dox me and whatever yeah. else? Because we'll see those claims here as well. Um, the next claim, uh, ooh, uh, too far, too far. Uh, residents who have questioned, challenged, and objected to the perceived agenda of a particular member of the Board of Education have soon thereafter received in the mail letters containing glitter bombs. Um, so, and we've seen that. The, 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 if you're not familiar with the glitter bomb, I'm sure you, you, uh, you've heard of it before. But it's basically where you put a spring-loaded uh, spring loaded glitter in an envelope or a box, and when they open it, it goes all over the place. And like you mentioned it before, it's basically the herpes of, of, art, uh, supplies. of arts and, art supplies is glitter. Yeah. So, and, that's, and it's, I mean, it's childish and all that, but it's kind of funny. It would be funnier if that was all it was, but there's also something threatening about it because they also know where you live when they do that. And when they do that, they tend to use return addresses of people who they're also targeting, right? Yeah. And that's what part of the thing that's dangerous about it uh, is it's not even just the glitter bomb aspect, but any letter like this criticizing somebody where you put a fake return address, first off, that's mail fraud, which is a very serious right. crime. federal crime. It's basically identity theft uh -huh. because what's dangerous about that is if I'm somebody who doesn't know any better, who gets a letter like that, and let's just say I'm an aggressive or violent person, sure. who am I going to retaliate against? Right, the person in the, the person who address. is yeah. on the return address. If I don't know any better, or I'm ignorant or whatever else, and I'm also violent. But what is wrong with an adult that literally sits down, fills up envelope with glitter, fake fake addresses it, 
and sends it them. I mean, there's just something wrong with these people. If you can't see that, I mean, it's one thing to disagree. It's one thing to even not like each other. Mm-hmm. But to take that much time to do such petty nonsense is just there's something wrong with these people. They they it's, it's they're scary threatening the, is what they yeah, are. They're it's threatening. scary the level that they that they will go to. They don't actually. I mean, it's so funny because this comes from the side that that talks about democracy and how important democracy is. Democracy is diversity. Democracy isn't important to you if you're going to threaten anybody who challenges yeah. your point of view and your votes. Well, and diversity isn't important to you either if diversity of thought isn't one of those things. Oh, of course not. Like it's just what? Diversity of what? Just skin color, but everyone has to think the same way? Well, that's no. not diversity that's at not, all. No, no. The whole point, like, and they'll even say diversity is so important because it brings different things to the table. Like, Different like things conservatism? like conservatism <laughs> yeah. or capitalism or yeah. no 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 not those Patriotism? different things. Yeah. Communism is particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marxism. Uh, yeah. Anything that a uh, a dark person believes that is against those, uh, we'll hate them until the end of time for sure. Um, and then another one. This one's interesting. When re- when uh, one resident of Forest Hills uh, privately emailed Leslie Rasmussen, wherein he expresses displeasure at her conduct during uh, the course of meetings for the Board of Education. Uh, and opining or characterizing her conduct as borderline psychotic, uh, as well as challenging, challenging her clearly immutable position on a matter of public business, Leslie Rasmussen, uh, in turn, apprised another person in this district of this email. Uh, in turn, that resident, who initially criticized uh, Leslie Rasmussen, received a message uh, from Facebook from the uh, person who Leslie emailed this about, wherein she posted a picture of a business and made the inquiry, quote, is this where you work? And then threatened to dox this resident by declaring, quote, I wonder how well an email blast to everyone in your company showing you bullying and calling a female profession, Leslie Rasmussen, psycho for a board decision over a high school mascot. So this was during the time of the Redskins mascot stuff. So here's what's basically happening. Leslie Rasmussen gets an email being criticized. She forwards that email to another resident who in turn uses that as an opportunity to threaten to dox somebody. If you're not familiar with doxing, it means basically exposing your identity when you're meant to be a private citizen to the public in order to, and in particular to your employers, to threaten your job. Yeah, it's unbelievable the except they'll go to just because they disagree. I didn't know it was this bad. Yeah. I really didn't. Well, you always heard about people getting doxxed, you know, on social media and stuff. And mm-hmm. but to have it happen like right here with every normal day people who are literally just dis- discussing a school district. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even federal policy they're discussing. They're yep. not, you know, it's a school district. Well, yeah, but it also is a little bit more sensitive because it is people's kids, right? So yeah. I mean, people do understandably do get a little have, bit more does sensitive. Does this woman this have stuff. kids in the school? I don't know. I don't yeah, know I don't anything know. about okay. who this person is. Yeah. Uh, it does have the name, and I'm just going to re- avoid using the name at this point. Uh, you got, you got, y'all can go read it and see who this person is. Um, but uh, I don't know if I don't know if if she has yeah. uh, uh, kids in the school district or if she's just a leftist trying to push her agenda. Yeah. Um, but they list additional claims in here, and you guys can go and read that. And that's the interesting thing about this is that the article. It talks, of course, mostly about the lawsuit itself. It never gets into the intimidation claims, which to me is the real story. Sure. That's the real story that's going on. And it's just interesting that Fox 19 didn't cover that. Either they didn't bother reading it, which is not very good investigative journalism, or it goes against their narrative and they don't want to talk about it. So, But it demonstrates that in Forest Hills... There, are, there certainly is intimidation on the part of uh, Leslie, Mewson, uh, Leslie Rasmussen. She did it publicly on video. Y'all can go and see her do it. I'm sure the left would say, well, that's not how I would interpret it, but 
I think it's a fair characterization to call that intimidation. Okay. These other claims here are claims, um, but uh, I think that they are, if with open records requests, you could see some of these emails, right? Because if they are, uh, and I'm sure that's how they got it, right? So sure. if, if, if there are emails where Leslie Rasmussen forwarded a critical email of her to uh, another uh, member of the uh, community, then you would be able to see that that's what happened. And right. the person that got threatened uh, to be doxxed probably was willing to share that information, his email, uh, with Kurt Hartman. So uh, any of this day, can be validated happen, is the point. That didn't happen that the, yet? She didn't dox him? It was just a threat? I don't, it was just a threat as far yeah. as I know. I don't think she did dox him. But uh, that's the thing. They do make threats like that, but following through with it yeah. is even worse. And I think they know it. Uh, I know they've also threatened uh, people at their work uh, threatening to like protest, but if they actually did do that, it would look bad on them, not on the person that they're threatening. Yeah. So I don't. A lot of this stuff is empty threats, but it's threats nonetheless. And the point is, is to scare people into not speaking out. And there are people I know who have tried to speak out and have been intimidated or faced intimidation, uh, and and they are like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. So it works. That's the problem. Right. Is it works. Sure. So I know a lot of conservatives that don't want to speak out because they don't want to be called names. They don't want to lose their neighbors as friends. You know, they don't want their kid to be ostracized. And that's, you know, unfortunately, a lot of conservatives don't fight back for those reasons. The problem is, um, is the, 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 the world you're leaving for your kid. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to get worse, not better, if people don't stand up and fight. Yeah. And... You can say, well, for now I'm protecting my kid from potential intimidation, harassment, bullying, or whatever else that might go on. And maybe you're right in the short term. But in the long term, what does that world look like for your kid and their kids? Yeah. And you're also teaching your kid not to stand not up to for stand their up rights, for not to fight back, yeah. not, you know, and the cycle and, continues. Right. And it never ends. So okay. um, I, I understand, but you're not helping the situation by... Right. by 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 being quiet mm -hmm. and by staying quiet and allowing this to win because it works then it works right and the only reason they keep doing it is because they know it works and it is working that's why mm -hmm. I mean it is working so hopefully this stuff will start to become uh, more well known and exposed because um, I just don't think people are aware of this I didn't know that it was this bad I right. really didn't I thought when I was going to get involved in this stuff I was just going to help good people get elected and uh, seats that mattered yeah I didn't know that this is what Behind would, the scenes, this all, was the, what all, all the was nasty, going on, dirty all stuff the nastiness, and yeah. you know, I mean, I knew people called each other names and stuff. I'm sure that was going on, but to, yeah. to this level, that people would would uh, make people feel unsafe at their own jobs, right? Sometimes even at their own home when they're sending them these glitter bombs. I know the glitter bomb itself is not dangerous, but when somebody knows where you live and they're putting fake return addresses, that is, yeah, threatening. That is very threatening. So, um, and on that note, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Juliet, for coming on. Thank really, you. really appreciate the insight. Uh, make sure you uh, keep an eye out for her book coming out. Uh, that, uh, like I said, I started reading it, and it's just—it is a grabber. It's got me for sure. So um, we'll uh, hopefully have you on again at some point. Okay, great. Uh, but thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. If you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and every other major podcast platform. 
Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and enable notifications to stay up to date with all of our new episodes and content. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to be a part of the show, reach out to us at canceledoutpodcast at gmail.com or in our locals community. Canceled Out is produced, directed, edited, and mixed by Scott and Max. All sourcing information can be found in our show notes at chronicles.org or in the link in the episode post in our locals community site at canceledout.com. Canceled Out is a Canceled Out Media LLC production, copyright 2021.